gentlemen, HR Talk. It's our pleasure to have you here. I'm JC. And that's Ricky Bias. Hi. Let's let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's get you back. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Bias to start things off today. We've got a whole lot going on. All right, here we go. The hardest people to recruit are your A-level players. Why? Because they don't necessarily need you and don't respond to the old victimized style of recruiting strategy. If you want to catch yourself an A player, put together a recruiting strategy that highlights the impact they will make to the organization instead of a plain old compensation package. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Ricky Baez of Baez Co-Learning. You could find tidbits like that. Uh, dime a dozen from that guy. He like does it for a living or some shit. I don't know. That's what you do, right, Rick? Like you talk to people about their, their exactly- business and human resource things. This isn't just a fun thing that you do, right? No, it's not. Well, I mean, it's, it is fun. Don't get me wrong. But yes, I do consult with businesses to help them with their HR. I do that. Well, tell me a little bit more about that because people always say, ah, Ricky, he's just a podcast <laughs> guy. He's the guy from that show. What's the connection between HR Talk and what, what is this? And they don't understand that Bayezco is an actual named company. It's not like something you dreamed up, like, um, I don't know, a fake name company like uh, Transform Co. or something, you know? Like, what? what is Bayezco? <laughs> you know Transform Co. is a real company, right? Cut the shit. Is it? No, it is. It no, is. I was thinking serious. like Transformers. No, I, I kid you not. I thought you was making fun of it. No. Sears Home Improvement three or four years ago changed their name to Transform That's Co. The and dumbest we made name. fun of it. That's the dumbest exactly. name I've ever heard in my life. We're like, great. We're going to store rooms on the Decepticons, you know, neighborhood? That makes no I'm sense. A, I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter because they don't even exist anymore anyways. When's well, the last time you even saw a Sears? Of it? Anyhow, uh, anyhow. Anyway. So what? what is uh, the Baez Cohen thing? What? What is this? What What do you do? <laughs> All right. So Baez Co-Learning, which is the parent company of HR Talk, Baez Co-Learning is a boutique-style HR consulting firm. So when a small to medium-sized business needs um, an HR department, but they can afford one, um, my organization goes in and they, uh, my employees, my, my HR consultants become their HR manager uh, on a fractionalized basis. So 10, 12, uh, 10, 20, 30 hours a month depends what they need. So um, we are their business partner from everything from onboarding, um, uh, putting together a an employee handbook, uh, recruiting strategy, retention, and termination strategy. So that's what we do. And we do this on the side. What's a termination strategy in your own words? That's intriguing. Well, you can't just flat out terminate somebody. Um, obviously, yes, you um, can. And we are operating. Yes, you and, can. Well, well, wait a minute. You could just you, fire yes, people. But there are consequences to that, right? And you want to minimize those consequences. You go in like Darth Vader and you chop heads. You just you let it roll. 
You're done. You're done. <laughs> no. We are becoming that transformed. Exactly, that is exactly why my organization exists. That way, no Darth Vader goes in chopping heads and putting a uh, uh, a hallway scene from Rogue One. If you haven't seen Rogue One, you need to get on that horse. That hallway scene is amazing. Um, no, dude. So a termination strategy. Um, I help organizations separate employees who needs to be separated properly. Um, obviously, Florida is an employment at will state in, which means that you can terminate for any reason that's not protected by law. That last piece, not protected by law, is what I help them with to make sure that they do it in a way that it doesn't get them in trouble and it's fair for everybody involved. That's a termination strategy. I thought it was fire them on Fridays after 4 p.m. carefully by instant message or text. Like maybe that's part is part is strategic, right? I mean, sometimes it would call for that, but dude, honestly, I'm not a fan of firing people on Fridays. When do you now, like now, no, when do you like to fire people? I know it's every day of the week, but what's your preferred no. day to shit can? Um the best time to fire people is immediately after a decision has been made Ooh. to fire somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh they just had a child. Fire them. They bought no, a new house. Not a Let them re- go. <laughs> Their house no. burnt down in a fire out in a natural disaster in California. Fire them. Like no, right there to Absolutely not. No, no, you do not do that. You separate those things, right? If uh, if somebody needs to be fired, somebody needs to be let go, and they're having, I don't know, something's having happening like a hurricane. Yes, you don't fire somebody during a hurricane. You wait until everything is done. You wait, you know, check up on them to make sure they're okay. Then you make that that. Then you make that call to separate employment, but not not like that. So that's why every situation is different. Um, and you got to separate your emotions from the actual reason you're having the conversation. What about that's letting the, the person part. go while everyone's evacuating? So the hurricane <laughs> didn't hit yet, but you know what? Just keep driving. <laughs> you want me to be on the phone with them and just say, keep going north? Hey, going uh, north hit Ted, Ted, where are you right now? <laughs> How far, how far north did you get? I'm around Jacksonville, Ricky. Okay, great. Let's talk. <laughs> Actually, know, do me a favor. Dude. When you when you cross the border, <laughs> I go into go into Georgia or Alabama. Go ahead. Oh, that's terrible, no, dude. You wouldn't do no, that. You don't do that. No, absolutely not. It, you know, have you uh, done uh, that? Fire somebody during a hurricane? No. But yes, but <laughs> while they're on the road and like, hey, are you alone? Okay, call me when you get to the state so, line. Actually, <laughs> here's here's what happened one time. Um, I was uh, I, shouldn't laugh I was about working. These things. No, well, this was kind of interesting. Um, where this is one that I messed up in, right? Uh, this was this was years ago. Years ago, I was working in Orlando, and I was partnering with um, with a, a senior VP of operations to terminate one of his managing directors in Tampa. For those of you who don't know, Orlando is central Florida. Tampa is about an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes west um, of Orlando. So th- this is a person I've never met before, but they know who I am because I was HR, right? So I'm calling him because obviously we we want to do this in person. And um, I'm like, hey, I'm just checking up on you. I want to see if we can do some coffee so, so we can meet. And immediately, immediately he's like, are you firing me? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah and i'm like what makes you say that and then he told me some things he did blah 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 now i'm really big on not lying 
right? So when somebody asks me something like that, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to fire you. And then an hour later, I'm going to meet with them and fire no, you. No, no, no. Right? That's right. You're in HR. It's all about uh, your your representation of your half-truths. You're not lying. You're just not telling them everything. No, no, I had to <laughs> at this point, right? Because I was in a situation that he brought, I was not expecting that. And when I told him, no, I was like, I'm not, I'm not firing you right now. <laughs> <laughs> not at this very moment while you're going 80 miles an hour on I-4. No, that's not going to happen. No, so what I told him was like, look, what makes you say that? And then he kind of told me why. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to lie to you. We are going to have, a, we are going to meet to have a very difficult conversation. I don't want to do it right now. Let's just wait until we get to the rest, to the, uh, to the coffee shop and we'll talk. Right. So he kept asking me and asking me, and I did not want to have that conversation of the phone, especially while he's driving. Now, I messed up because I let him know what's happening and I still want to meet with him and I'm not meeting with him for another hour and a half. I don't know if he's going to stop somewhere and get something in Florida that's really easy to get. Like a lawyer? Um, if you have a, uh, or, a <laughs> or a weapon. Oh, I thought you meant <laughs> yeah. like a lawyer. Wow, you went to no, a dark no. place. Well, no, well, that's exactly what I thought because I'm, I'm about, he, I just told him that I'm about to give him some news that's going to impact his financial status. So yeah, he's going to, have a different point of view. So anyway, that was a a, a big lesson for me, right? Uh, it's uh, to set things up a little bit earlier than um, trying to get a hold of somebody while they're on the road. Um, I met with him. He took it really well. I mean, he was upset, obviously, but he didn't react the way I thought he was going to react. Uh, but it turned out pretty good. But sometimes it's I thought I had to do it right there while he was on I four going eighty miles an hour. Because you don't know how people are going to react. They may I, say this is the brace of camel's back. It, maybe he wasn't doing eighty though. Right, and the, the the bright line. Have you here. ever been on I four, JC? Yes, yeah, like yes. typically we're driving like twenty miles an hour. <laughs> Most yeah, times, yeah. twenty miles over what <laughs> no, no, everybody no, no, else no, no. does. That's you're, what you and I do. Yeah, you're doing like twenty miles an hour. Then you're doing ninety. Then you're doing twenty again. Then you're doing ninety. <laughs> That's true as well. That's true as well near downtown Orlando. So but like averages like out or something. I think Fred. <laughs> something is ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, dude, it's a it's a tough thing to do and. Whenever I have a client that is really excited to fire somebody, that that's a client that I that I don't want to do much business with. Um, I I don't want to work with anybody that takes pleasure in other people's um, uh, downtime, other people's sorrow. So, um, when I always coach leaders on how to do a proper termination, I always let I, I always tell them to focus on exactly what they did and don't let your emotions get involved. So, uh, that's speaking, what I do, man. Speaking about emotions, Ricky Baez. It's time. It is? Yeah. Okay. Hang on. Pad, though. All right. I'm a little bit jealous because um, every time JC and I meet on a Sunday morning to uh, to record, a hand comes in from the side with a plate of food. And then he grabs the food. You can't tell where the food's coming from. And it, it just goes down on his desk. And he's eating while I'm talking. And I'm here starving. Uh, it's quite starving. fine. It's quite fine. I needed you to pad a. because my uh, the power went out on the computer. Oddly. Oh. So I had to just get that uh, squared away real quick. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, it's time for this week's employee horror story. I own a art studio and host entertaining parties like wine and paint. On a particular Saturday, I had a city client who was high maintenance and demanding, but also a great customer with money who wanted to hold a bridal shower. 
I assigned two of my employees to the job. One just out of high school and the other more mature, who was with me for a while. I was thrilled with the positive feedback I received after the celebration. Later, I checked my Facebook page and the more mature employee posted a picture of herself wearing our company's apron, claiming she was exhausted from dealing with a demanding, high-maintenance customer all day. I was shocked because my clients are constantly checking out my Facebook page. I was able to erase the post and I don't believe anyone saw it. Who would have imagined a high school girl could be more mature and responsible than an old woman who's been working for a long time? I currently am having a lengthy discussion with new staff on the potential negative effects of social media. Mm. Ricky Baez, it's up to you to decipher this employee horror story. Where is the actual horror? So, if I heard the story correctly, and I'm comprehending it correctly, it sounds like somebody put up, <clears throat> an employee put, or former employee, depending where this went, <laughs> put up a Facebook post where she was dressed or half naked or doing some kind of illegal activity that got back to the organization Negative. and now uh no that that, oh. that point, your mind oh. took a your mind your mind took a short walk off a long pier it, yeah, it, it did. no you're still on the pier you're not in the lake yet i'm saving oh, all right so <laughs> thank you the the <laughs> said employee got done working took a picture in the apron just saying hey i had a real tough day with some high demanding clients that was it and then they fired her and they hired someone new. So they took a picture or video? A picture. It says a picture. And they put it on Facebook just saying, wow, rough day. It was kind of like an employee getting done uh, working over at Best Buy and then just uh, still wearing their shirt and saying, today sucked. I worked with a lot of tough people. <laughs> and the person got fired. Yeah. So he, so here's what happens then. Um, that, that's, that's a touchy one. It's a touchy one because um, when an employee complains or they or they or they file a grievance or they grieve about their job, that's protected activity under the NLRB. So that is protected speech because they are complaining. They are airing out grievances of how hard their job is. They should not. I would not have fired her. I would have had a conversation with her just to see how I can help her see, to see what happened. What kind of demanding employees? Because you don't know if it was an employee that put her, um, his or her hands on the employee, we don't, uh, a customer, excuse me, that put their hands on the employee. We don't know that. Um, and this is an. Could you imagine if they fired her and that's exactly what happened? Was it was an employee that uh, it was a customer that put their hands on an employee, and now you're firing the employee? Now the organization's in trouble. I think what's missing here is a conversation from HR and or leadership with the employee to see what actually happened before terminating her. I would not have fired her. No fire. No fire. No fire. No fire. No, no fire. All right. No fire. Your second story. Okay, here we go. It, it's kind of from the perspective of the HR team, so it's not necessarily a employee horror story, but it could be in a way. I don't know. Okay. It's up to you to decipher. Anyone listening along, please put on your HR hat. We're not screwing around now. While keeping outstanding employees is critical, hiring the wrong people could cost your business $15,000 or more, as according to CareerBuilder. And it's a mistake nearly three out of every four employers 
continue to make. Mm. Bad hires reduce productivity. They waste recruitment resources and they lengthen the time that it takes to find and train other people. And it jeopardizes your job Mm. quality. To reduce the likelihood of this happening, what should an employer do? Should they A, ensure the right people are interviewed? B, ensure that the right people interview the candidate? Or C, employ their coworkers and managers all the way up to the executives, if appropriate, to check the references of the person. Is there a D? D. All of the above? All of the above. And D. Uh-huh. Option B and C. <laughs> no, just all of the above. <laughs> Why is all that? Why do you say all of the above? Why is that? Well, get everybody involved. It's organizations hire uh, uh, the wrong person for one or two reasons. Either A, they did a, they, they did a horrible job interviewing, obviously, or B, um, they just want, they, they spend way too much time recruiting, they spend way too much time with this position empty, and they just want to put somebody in there who meet the minimum qualifications and they'll train them up, right? So what, what, a, what, what a business needs to do is as soon as the position becomes available to let the recruiter know way ahead of time, reactively, that way they can put together a recruiting strategy, who you're looking for, what kind of minimum qualifications, what kind of personality does this person need to have, and then what kind of questions are going to give you the answers you're going to need to make the determination to do the right hire and take your time with it. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. 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 Here's a That's question for you, happen. though. Yeah. When we start thinking about ensuring that you're interviewing the right individuals, that turns out to start to be a little bit of a gray area where discrimination could set in. It could. Yeah, it could. Um, you Ricky, just gotta make sure I'm not sure about this crop of candidates, if they'll properly fit the culture of our organization. We need to comb through here and weed this out a little bit. Okay. Um, Can you give me a little bit more information about what you mean about fitting into the culture? I want to make sure I'm understanding your concern properly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Our organization is not open on Sundays for a reason. And with that, we do make some of the best chicken sandwiches you'll ever have. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Oh, we work at Chick-fil-A. Got it. Awesome. (laughs) Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I still don't quite understand about the culture gap that you're talking about. There There's are certain um, people that just Mr. might VP. not fit within the, uh, four walls of our organization in a culturally appropriate way in the yeah, state of Southern Georgia. I want to hear you say it. <laughs> you're going to press if, him. You're going to press yeah, that oh, guy, oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm going to want, because I, again, I'm being a good business partner. I want to understand what it is you're looking for, but I'm not going to assume. So I want to hear you say exactly what it is that you think is lacking so I can decide whether I'm going to help you strategically or we're going to have a deeper conversation about the cultural appropriation of this organization. <laughs> so then now, so, <laughs> so then now as a consultant, depending Depending on the way that conversation goes, you could then in turn essentially file a lawsuit on your client. Um, honestly, if I hear something like that, I, I, I'm not going to work with that person anymore. I'm not going to work with that person anymore. I don't know if I file a lawsuit per se, 
um, because I mean, I'm, I'm not the employee, um, but I will let the I will let the the business know what I heard, what I took away from this conversation, and why I am canceling the contract. Ricky Baez, canceling contracts. <laughs> what? <laughs> this David Banner stuff gets me, man. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Hey, over to you for a few, uh, and then we have to transition into the next segment of the program. Um, you had a lot going on uh, last week, and then a lot coming up yeah, this week as well. Uh, little Birdie and a little blog that I read online said that you were at Disrupt uh, Disrupt Jacksonville. Now, granted, you did talk about that on the last program. And there's someone who said you had an amazing bowl of gumbo along the way, too. So big kudos to everything that happened in Jacksonville. And uh, come on, fill me in just a little bit on the highlights and all the amazing things. And you got to tell me about that great gumbo. Where did you have that? Um, so, yeah, we were at Disrupt HR Jacksonville 1.0, the very first one. We talked about it last week. And I got to tell you, JC, out of all of the uh, of the events that I have worked, that you have worked as well, I have never seen an event that as soon as the quote-unquote doors opened, the place filled up. It went from zero people in there to about 100 people in there, wall-to-wall packed with drinks in hand in about 20 minutes. It was insane. And it was so loud. It, it, it's Everybody was energized. Everybody was having a great time. Um, and then uh, it, the venue was absolutely gorgeous. Everybody did awesome. And some of the speakers, man, you, you're going to recognize some of these. So I just want to um, call them all out because um, I'm going to tag them onto this uh, episode. And I, this is an open invitation for them to come on the show. We've got Karen Nutter. She was talking about finding a contentment in a chaotic world. Did an amazing job. Job. You know this guy, David Miklas, employment law, nailing it or failing it. He always does a great job. He's also going to be at Disrupt HR Orlando coming this Thursday. Um, we also had Shannon Truex, appreciation languages. And she talked about just how the, the different ways you can appreciate your employees and back and forth. Um, and, and Darren Finley. You remember Darren Finley? Darren Finley is an amazing keynote speaker. That's right. Diversity, HR fails or win. He spoke at um, at uh, Space Coast Sherm earlier this year. Letty Bozard, she talked about putting love to work. Nice. Jenny Stone I like talked the way about you said the that. red pill. Jenny Stone. No, the uh, putting things to work. Go ahead, Jenny Stone. Got it. <laughs> Jenny Stone, uh, the red pill or the blue pill, which was a really good way on how to talk about how you address different situations and work or what you select. Oh, politics. Emily Davis. does. No, no, it was not politics. <laughs> Emily Davis talking about Swiper Beware, which uh, she did a play on the different dating apps where you swipe left or right. Oh, and, I thought and- it was more like a Dora the Explorer kind of thing. No. <laughs> what is it? Oh. <laughs> it took me a minute. Yes, yeah, okay. It. No, I got it. I got it. Uh, uh, so early on a Sunday. All right, and then the place was closed out by Indy Bowman, Leadership Truth Bond. Man, JC, let me tell you, it was wall to wall excitement. Everybody was energized, and then uh, yeah, went to the hotel. 
and um uh it's i i sat at the bar because i was still wired um and uh, afterwards so i'm just, i'm just at the bar ordering some food and um a recommendation was made to try the best gundo ever all right what hotel? Like, you know what what hell was this what hotel was that? Come the on. Hyatt Regency. In, now we're Hyatt talking. Regency in downtown now we're talking. Jackson. All right. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, gumbo may have been inspired by traditional native dishes. The French dish, bouillabaisse, or Choctaw stew. But all of these dishes most likely contributed to the original recipe. It was initially described in 1802, and it was included in several cookbooks in the later half of the 19th century. Gumbos have traditionally been classified in two types. Those thickened with okra and those thickened with filet. According to some reports, prior to the invention of the refrigeration and freezers, okra was the favorite thickening agent for gumbo, with filet being used only when okra was unavailable. That sounds probable, but I've also read of dried okra being used in the 19th century in gumbos, and cooks might utilize dried okra in their gumbos all year long. Gumbo, ladies and gentlemen. Amazing world of gumbo. At the Marriott Regency Hyatt Sheridan in Jacksonville. So what? the next time, <laughs> shut shut your mouth. So the next time you stop by Choice Hotels in in Jacksonville, swing oh by God. Red Lobster for gumbo. Ricky so, Byers, back to you. <laughs> I love how this gumbo is being served at seventy five percent of the hotels in, in Jacksonville. You know what? It doesn't matter where you had it. A good gumbo is a good gumbo. That's all. That's all. That's very cool. Very cool. Good times. So, with uh, disrupt HR Jacksonville people, are they? Um, this was their first time out the gate, right? Their first one ever. Yes. And yes, yes. One of the things about the first Disrupt HRs in any city that scares me is the fact they've never done it before. Because it could be a make it or break it moment. And yep. you, you've got some people that are extremely professional. They're great at what they do. They get in there and then, well, you know, they maybe they didn't get the flow or anything like that. Did mm-hmm. they hire a consultant or did somebody help them to put this? Because th- putting this together is crazy, right? Well, it is. I mean, I was helping them out with it. So there so, it is. Uh, there it is. There, Ricky yeah, Bias, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the co-producer no, of this thing. That's what. I, no, no but you didn't co-produce. No, 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 you no. helped out. They did their own thing, just, though. They did their own thing. They did. I was okay. just advising. They did all the work, and they did an amazing job. Now we're talking. It, it's Our, all the marketing. Everything was them, and and and, and again, that's a that's a Francis. Are, are any of those Natasha humans coming to Orlando? Did, um, they're not coming to Orlando, but I do have the schedule on the show. I mean, I'm sorry. I do have conversations with them about, about coming on the show in a couple of weeks. So that's okay. happening. All right. So who are the three guests that are coming on the program again? What's their names? It's going to be Francis Arflin. Now She's they're coming the, uh, on at separate times, right? No, I was thinking having a big show. All of oh, us wow. together. Okay. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm good with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's Francis Arflin is, um, Natasha Slaughter and Carly Clookie. Oh, so the benefits what, lady. Yes, 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 yes. The benefits. We are going to talk about benefits and uh, the ins and outs of benefits on 2022 going on forward. Yeah, no, but I, I still want to hear about the dog benefits, the pet insurance. <laughs> we got to get know, into that. I'm that telling too. you about that. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, a thing, that kind of took over my uh, my uh, monologue at the beginning. So I kind of talked about that as well. So yeah, yeah, we are. I, I just got to get some knockdown. So not lock down some dates. Have them come on and we'll talk about. What happened at 1.0 and then what's going to happen at 2.0 because that's already in the works. Sounds horrifying. So, 
Go that ahead. gumbo was horrible, by the way. Just wanted to. Let Are you know. serious? That was the worst gumbo I've ever had in my Why? life. Why was it like gritty? It. Do you remember the pork uh, lo mein MREs that we had in the Marine Corps? Oh, those were horrible. I'd rather have that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner than have this gumbo again. Oh, my God. It, it was that bad. Seriously. Yeah, it was nasty. Yeah, dude. It was the worst. You might want to write them to get a refund. You no, said that was at I'm Chick-fil-A okay. or Olive Garden? No, no. That, <laughs> no. that was at the bar at the Hyatt. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. <laughs> hey, I'm going no. to Chick-fil-A to get gumbo. No, I'm not having that. Sorry. It's like saying, <laughs> hey, I'm going to stop by Five Guys to get a vegan meal. No, you don't do it. <laughs> It doesn't happen. <laughs> These are things you don't do, you know? Awesome. Hey, uh, we are nearing that time in the program where I've got some deep stuff that I got to bring to the table. But before I do, what else do you have? Disrupt Orlando is coming up this week, you said? It's on Thursday? Yeah, this Thursday. Uh, it's Disrupt HR Orlando. What is it, like 18,000.0? No, I really. Forgot. How many has it been now? I don't know. It's been. It's been. A, I'm going to have to look that up right now. Who's who's your MC? Who's MC in this one? I'm always intrigued by that. No, no. That's just that's Summer it's and myself. You? She and I going to go into co and see it. Co I like it. it. I like it. But at this venue, actually, this venue is the same venue we did last time. So it's going to be more summer. I'm going to be in the back in the booth um, with the music because you got to have music. You got summer on one side and fall on the other. Ricky buys. <laughs> You just I'm sure she's never heard that before. Yeah, no, you just look at her. You're like, oh, fall. And when Summer looks at Ricky, she's probably like, oh, fall in love with that man. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, she is my spirit animal. I mean, we are each other's spirit animals. So. Oh, really? Yeah. That's right. That's what does right. That, that mean? Dude, that is that, this a furry we, thing? Do we need to be careful with this conversation? No, it's Little not ears walk out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, We're into no. Some weird a, stuff dude, in the I mean, land of Disney. <laughs> you've worked with her. You know how how high energy she is. How high energy I am. We work well together, man. That's my homie. That's my onstage homie. So that's why we. She's my spirit animal, and uh, I'm hers. So that's right. We're gonna have her on board here again. Talk about disrupt HR twenty thousand and figure out how we've done this all these years. And Leslie as well. Current events this week is not brought to us by anyone. We have no sponsors, and we can't afford to do anything with our lives. He's not wrong. Sorry, I just needed a moment to compose myself, because the reality of that just sunk in. Yeah, you got food, though. There's, uh, there's little details about right now, but 90 people or so, according to protocol... And a laid-off worker who wrote on LinkedIn are reporting that things are moving in the San Francisco area and not in a good way. A spokeswoman for Salesforce had a conversation with SFGate. That's an online media source. Google SFGate and you'll find it. Most of the affected employees were contractors in the company's recruiting division. As we've written before, Salesforce has been vague about whether contractors count as employees or not. A spokeswoman for Salesforce told SFGate limited recruiting is still going on, but most divisions at Salesforce have already met or exceeded their hiring goals for the entire fiscal year. Hmm. At a time when the tech industry was going through a lot of trouble, 
Salesforce stood out as a digital company that was still doing well, even though there were massive problems under the hood. Salesforce total sales for fiscal year 2022 were $26.5 billion. This was a 25% increase from the year before. The organization's most recent Dreamforce, its its first in-person gathering since the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, recently took over San Francisco. There were more than 40,000 attendees at this Dreamforce conference. During the conference, Salesforce co-CEO Mark Benioff did hint at some sort of normalcy after a period of rapid growth for Salesforce and other digital businesses. During the occasion, he told a news conference, everything is still bigger, but there's clearly some overage that has to be dealt with, end quote. Nobody will dispute with that. Protocol says that in addition to letting people go, Salesforce will stop hiring people until January 2023. This is a tiny but significant shift because, generally speaking, established IT organizations have been unwilling to fire off workers, even though startups and other young businesses shit-can people all the time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The impacted employees' expected severance benefits have not been mentioned or disclosed at this time. The reader of this article believes that's because they weren't employees, they were contractors, and with the new laws in place, they're circumnavigating that that touchy-touchy topic. But I digress. Ricky Baez, back to you. Circumnavigating, that's a new one. I like that. Um, Yeah, so chance, so if they're not getting any kind of service package, again, there's no law that says they need to get it. I don't know of any state that requires it. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know about California or uh, Oregon or Washington. Um, yeah, so it sounds like they were 1099 employee or workers. I can't call them employees. Um, although even then, some other organizations um, like Meta and um, I believe also te- Tesla as well were not laying people off, but reorganizing and then making people who were left out of the reorganizing almost like musical chairs. Uh, once the music stops and you don't have a chair, then you're gone. Then you don't get a severance package because they're just calling it something differently. So that's something that's new that's happening in this year that I've never heard of before. Um, this is just the beginning, though, JC. I, I anticipate there's a, a bunch of other companies that are going to start doing the very same thing as far as reorganizing, and the people <clears throat> who are left behind are going to have to find another job and go through the process internally. If not, they're just out of a job because they, they have a time limit. Outside of any state statutes that says otherwise, I that, that's the probably the reason they're doing it and they're not going to um pay any severance so it's a money saving um device for them but it sucks for the employees man i'm pretty sure that whoever's left over they're only wondering when is my number going to come up and then they're going to take off and go to other businesses and yeah it's a horrible strategy brother i think it is just be straight up with people be transparent in what you're going to do people who know about the situation over at intel corporation know some things that most don't. That's because they're in the know. You know? And if you know, you know. 
Intel Corp plans to lay off a lot of people, probably in the thousands, to go ahead and save money and deal with slowing personal computer market. People who have asked not to be named because the talks are private have said that the layoffs could be announced as early as this month. The company plans to make the move around the same time as its third quarter earnings report on October 27th, very specifically that day. However, the people who are talking to the news reporters cannot corroborate the fact that it will happen on October 27th. They're merely speculating that October 27th will be the day (laughs) that many are laid off. As of July, the company had made uh, a, a lot of things happen. Uh, they made chips. They had more than 113,700 employees onboarded. People say about 20% of the staff in some divisions, like Intel Sales and Marketing Group, could be let go. Mm. Intel's a very big business, and its main business is making PC processors, things to do with chips. And they've seen a sharp drop in demand. It's been hard for the company. It's been hard for them to win back market share to lost competitors, like advanced micro devices. In July, the company said that sales in 2022 would be about $11 billion less than it had thought. Less. Analysts think that sales will drop by about 15% in the third quarter. And Intel's once large profit margins have shrunk considerably. They're now about 15% points smaller than they were in the past when they were around 60%. During its earnings call for the second quarter, Intel said that it could make changes to make more money. Pat Gelsinger, the CEO at the time, said, quote, We are also lowering core expenses in the calendar year and look forward to more steps to take in the second half of the year. End quote. <laughs> Intel's last big round of layoffs happened in 2016 when about 12,000 jobs or 11% of its total, were slashed and people were fired and laid out in the streets like dogs and slaughtered. I don't think that happened. Since then, the company has made smaller cuts, kind of like paper cuts, and they closed down several departments. <laughs> such as, I think that happened. <laughs> such as the one for cellular modems and drones. We're unsure at the time of this article whether or not Intel still has a pager department. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. I made that up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we're getting rid of modems. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm thinking AOL dial-up. It's good. Uh, Intel stopped hiring people earlier this year, just like many other tech companies did. When the market turned bad and fears of the recession grew, in one research note, Mandeep Singh, an analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, said that the latest cuts are likely meant to cut Intel's fixed cost by 10% to 15%. And he thinks that these costs will be between $25 billion and $30 billion, Ricky Baez. So Gelsinger took over Intel last year and has been working to restore the company's reputation as a Silicon Valley legend, but things were very hard. They're hard. They're always extremely hard. And for Gelsinger, this is very hard. It's tough. It's hard. Big crowds, very it's the hard. hardest. Yeah. The hardest. Yeah. Intel lost the technological edge it had, and and they lost it. And from what they held on to for a long time, they had, and then they lost. Okay, so the company's executives admit by saying that there was something that nothing now there is. They are technically saying that the company's culture of innovation is not as strong. It could be said it's weaker, but it's not weak. It's not as strong 
because it was weakened in recent years. Oh, got it. We will that circle back to that at another time. Big guy, back to you. <laughs> you know, I know you do interesting things for JC. I think you should do another podcast where you read news stories like this, like a like a bedtime story. <laughs> That's what you should do. Read them like a bedtime story. That way you get kids interested <laughs> in business. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then the CEO left the office with a golden parachute. I'll <laughs> be great. It sounds like a, a kid's bedtime story. Golden parachute? <laughs> Come on. So look. No way, um, Dad. <laughs> no way that happened. What about his 401k? Well, let's talk about 401k. <laughs> and then there's like thunder and lightning because it's a bear market. See, dude, we got this. We got, I lost. I completely lost the whole premise of the question. Uh, oh, no. Intel. That's right. Intel having issues. I'd hate to be the They're CEO laying off. that Salesforce, has to report. Salesforce laid everyone off. Intel's laying everybody off now, too. They're talking yeah, big cuts. The big thing, a $11 billion loss would it be? That heads are going to roll. Heads are going to roll. Oh. I guarantee once this happens, you, you're going to see the change in leadership. Normally, something like this happening, there is a change in top leadership, and then you're going to get different rules, different policies. So my advice to all the executives and below is put your flexible hat on because things are going to change, and you ha either have to be with the change and go with it and help the organization come back from the $11 billion loss and be a part of the team or find somewhere else to go if you can't take that pressure before they selected for you yeah <laughs> so or, that can uh, happen maybe you go back into the rotary telephone market and complain about how that's not working for you <laughs> there you go all right our next story here all these are for educational and informational purposes if you can't understand Only. how that relates to human resources in the world of business um we can't help you as the open enrollment period for 2023 starts, employers are trying to find ways to lower rising health care costs without making employees pay more in premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. So employers are increasingly looking to institutions with firm reputations for quality and value when it comes to paying for expensive treatments. Additionally, they're directing their mm -hmm. workers towards less expensive, high-quality health care providers. Companies often hold open enrollment periods in October and early November when members in their plans can make amendments or sign up for coverage. Due to treatments for those who put off getting medical care during the pandemic and rising hospital and specialty medicine prices, employers' health care expenses are currently predicted to increase significantly in 2023. Edward Kaplan, who's in charge of Siegel Group Incorporated's national health practice, has stated that employers should expect pre-employee costs to go up 8% unless they change their plans to pass costs onto employees. Mm. He declared the highest it's been in more than a decade. Net cost increases are anticipated to range from 5 to 6% for plan sponsors who are implementing adjustments, according to Kaplan. Depending on the company's situation, the mix of modifications will vary. According to him, high turnover retail companies who sometimes have limited profit margins are asking employees to pay up to 15% more, while many hospital systems might cost more than that. In an effort to retain their staff, many hospital systems are absorbing all the increases rather than passing them on to workers. 
Based on the employers, Siegel keeps an eye on. Kaplan thinks that employees will pay an average annual increase of $600 on top of the $100 per month they pay now for single coverage. While employers will pay about $600 more per employee than the average of $7,000 they pay now for single coverage. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, employer-provided family health insurance premiums will reach $22,000 a year in 2021. And employees will pay an average of $6,000 per year towards the cost of their own coverage. Ricky Baez, Mm. open enrollment. Back to you, the HR guy. We've been talking about this for about four years now, JC, about how the cost of health benefits keeps going up every single year and businesses keep getting, quote unquote, caught off guard. I just don't understand it. I I, I just don't. I've got one client a couple of months ago asked me a question about benefits and helping him put together a compensation program um, that's different. That's going to be cost effective for the organization and lucrative for the employee right and and we're currently working on that right now but the best thing employers can do at this moment business leaders can do at this moment is look at other areas that you can include into a compensation package above and beyond health benefits but you also got to take a look at who you have as an employee because if most of your employees are in need of health care benefits then obviously don't skimp on that um, but if if um, if most of your employees um, value other areas of compensation other than health, then yes, go ahead and find other avenues and other fringe benefits to include on there. But the key here is get to know your employees, number one. Number two, get to know what they value and then put a compensation strategy that, that um, equals that. That way you can attract and retain employees. Now, here's the thing. You got to do two things. You got to find out what your employees value right now. But even more important, you want to find out what the future employees are going to value, the people coming in in 5, 10, 15 years. That way you know what kind of compensation strategy or health and welfare strategy to put together that's going to last you a long time. you got to be proactive with these things, folks. Um, Otherwise, because, look, you're never going to see a a year where health benefits are going to go down in price. That's (laughs) not going to happen in our lifetime. Sorry. So, yep. The Wage and Hour Division found Douglas Incorporated doing business as Douglas Express Delivery let its employees work off the clock without pay, which is against the Fair Labor Standards Act. After working their regular shifts and punching out, employees would continue to do work-related tasks from home, such as answering phone calls, texts, and emails from customers, giving delivery drivers instructions and directions, and finding replacement drivers when vehicles broke down. In addition to not paying the workers for the -the off-the-clock work, Douglas Express owed the workers time and a half the required rate of pay because the off-the-clock work exceeded 40 hours in a work week. The Labor Division also told the employer that they didn't keep good records because they didn't keep track of how long employees worked from home after they left their physical workplace. The division also gave Douglas Express a $882 civil penalty for making the same mistake more than once. In response Mm. to two previous investigations, Douglas Express paid $157,568 to 59 employees as back pay. The pandemic blurred the lines between home and office work because safety requires some companies to let workers do work-related tasks from home. However, employers are mm-hmm. still required to pay workers for all their hours of work, including the time that they spent working from home, said Wage and Hour Division District Director Audrey Hall in Jackson, Mississippi. 
As more people use e-commerce sites to shop and the needs of warehousing, logistics, and delivery companies grow, employers must make sure they follow all wage and benefit laws no matter where the work is done. Employers are finding it harder to keep and hire the people they need to do the jobs they offer because of big changes in the workforce. Many of these problems are likely to come from the need to find new workers or replace those who leave the workforce or switch jobs. In closing, the Bureau of Labor Statistics says that excluding the Postal Service, there will be about 327,000 more jobs in transportation and storage in the next 10 years. With that being said, people currently working for Intel or Salesforce might desire getting their CDL. Ricky Byers, back to you. Yeah, but even then, that's not going to last very long because, according to Elon Musk, he created a self-driving truck. So um, they're in trouble now, too. Um, Look, it's 2022. I don't know how someone can get into business or be in the managing people business, quote unquote, and not know how illegal it is to not pay people for work they've conducted. I, I I I just don't understand it, and I don't buy the I I don't buy the adage that um, the pandemic has blurred those lines. No, regardless where they are, if they're conducting work, whether it's home, whether it's at the office, whether it's Starbucks, whether it's Chick Fil A on uh, Monday through Saturday, it doesn't matter. As long as they've done work, you've got to pay them for that work if they're an hourly associates. It, it's it really is that simple and i just don't understand how businesses still today in 2022 have an issue with that concept i don't get it they should be fired anybody who allowed that to happen should be fired immediately (laughs) firing people on i4 immediately (laughs) chief human resource officer and general counsel at olympic medical center jennifer burkhardt is no longer working there Why are you clapping for that? At this point, it's not clear if she quit or she was fired. OMC officials won't say anything about it because they say it's a confidential personal matter. Bobby Beeman, who's in charge of communications and public affairs, would only say that Burkhardt's last day on the job was October 6th and that she had worked for OMC since August of 2013. Beeman also said it was too early to say when OMC would start looking for Burkhardt's replacement or if they plan to hire someone from within the company. Jennifer Jennifer Burkhart was a good source of information, and her voice was often heard on KONP, especially in stories about law and people's jobs. And now she doesn't have one. Congratulations to Jennifer Burkhart being promoted to customer. Customer. (laughs) That is so wrong. We don't know what happened, man. It's in the news, man. OMC is Olympic Medical Center, and uh, she is no longer there. That's out of Port Angeles. But the news is just. Oh, she was also the general counsel as well. Oh, so she was the attorney. Okay, bravo. I guarantee. I'm. I'm tell you right now, Jennifer's going to land on her feet because she's amazing. Um, she she's going to do great things. She's listen. Let me talk. She's going to do amazing, very great things. She's she's already got that like law thing down, and in times like these, she doesn't need to be at the medical center. You know what the medical center is going to wind up doing? They're going to go under. They're, they're going to have a hard time continuing to cover the cost of health care, like the story that we just said, and they're going to start to fire people. It's going to be a downward spiral. It'll be very bad. So, Jennifer, you're out at a very good time, and you probably left on your own accord because you saw the writing on the wall. Now, this is all merely speculation, but let's go even bigger pie in the sky here. Your firm is about to take off. It's going to be 
huge. It's going to be national, international. It's going to be one of the biggest employment law firms we've we've ever seen. And and maybe, just maybe, we see you on TikTok soon. And you, you become one of those employment lawyers on TikTok, becoming very popular. <laughs> and this could lead to a whole new avenue of revenue. Ricky Bias, back to you. Well, the people applauding and working overtime today. <laughs> working overtime today. Um, yeah, so I guess you when's will land the on last time, When's the last <laughs> time you saw a story in the papers or on the internet papers um, talking about how someone isn't there anymore? Yeah, almost as if you want to rape because you're not telling us why. No. <laughs> right? And and it doesn't help me anything. You're just, just telling me they're not there without telling me why. So now that brings up question. Now we're going to look her up, and now we're going to find what other people said. This was almost almost like a salt in a wound type of a story, right? Well, right? it starts to make you wonder a little bit, like, where's that fine line between informing the public and slander? Right. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't no, know. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just seems weird. When's the last time you let someone go for whatever reason or they left for whatever reason? And then you felt the need to put out a press release about it. <laughs> I mean, what does she work again? What's the company? It, it was a um, it was it was a hospital or a medical thing somewhere. So if it was a hospital, I don't know, and... some small thing that doesn't matter. They don't matter whoever they were. It doesn't matter. It don't matter at we all. know the name Jennifer Burkhart. That's what we know. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, if it was a like a, a hospital that was funded by public funds, I would understand why the taxpayers would want to hear about that. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's it's. I, I don't know any other reason. But you're right that that slander idea could be something. Unless I don't know if she if it was really bad, right? And she wanted to go back at them for slander, and then we find out what really happened. We'll see. Maybe she won't do it then. See, yeah. now, now I'm curious. But that story, that author, the decision to publish that did it job because now i'm gonna look it up it's time for florida man stories (laughs) a florida man was arrested after deputies say he stole a truck with children in it and the moment was caught on video by a body camera on monday a man in tampa that's the place where Ricky fires people, told Hillsborough County Sheriff's <laughs> Deputy Jonathan Alvarez that his truck had been stolen. His four- and eight-year-old kids were stolen as well because they were inside of it. A press release from the sheriff's office say the deputy went after the white 2011 Chevy Silverado right away and was able to pull it over within a few minutes. Kevin Smith, not the film guy, 37 years old, was named as the suspect by the sheriff's office. And from the video of his arrest, it looks like Smith didn't want to get out of the truck either. (coughs) Wow. What do you have? Quote, what do you have the kids do? What's happening? The deputy tells Smith to get out of the car and then ask him a question. Smith tells the deputy that he's afraid that the deputy will hit him if he gets out of the car. The deputy can hear one of the kids tell him, that's not my dad. Smith gets out of the truck, and in the end, the police catch him. The two kids were given back to their father and in good shape. Smith is being charged with one count of grand theft auto and two counts of felony kidnapping. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office says that Smith has been in trouble with law since 2003. He is being held at the Falkenberg Road Jail without bond right now. The situation could have been a lot worse if Deputy, uh, Deputy Alvarez, that is, hadn't acted quickly. He put an end to the situation that could have been scary for any parent, said the sheriff. 
Two children are safe and with their families today because of police enforcement. With that being said, many cities are getting rid of police still. Ricky Byers, back to you. That kid went to jail because the guy went to jail because that kid dined him out. That's not my dad. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so let's talk about your dad, right? Why were you in the car and your dad wasn't? Let's have that conversation. It's not like the guy took the keys from your dad's belt because obviously he walks around with his keys on, on his belt and then wrangle all the kids and put them in the car and then drove away. The guy jumped on an opportunity left by the dad or the mom. We don't know yet. And the kids in the car and then boom, took off. But yeah, look, if this was an employee of mine and I saw that, all I'm saying is I really hope he didn't get arrested with a polo of my company on because uh, then we would have a conversation about uh, termination because he drugged my company's name into it. But as long as who he worked for stays away from the media, um, he might keep his job depending on what kind of job he has. Ricky Baez, hopefully I have he's a... not. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, well, please. I was going to say, hopefully the, the dad who left the kids alone in the car doesn't work for a daycare, because then he would definitely lose his job. Go ahead. So I have one last Florida story, if you desire, or we could... Put a bow on this and call it a wrap. We're at 57 minutes. What would you like to do? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. I want to see which one this is. You're not going to like it. Then why you put it out there? <laughs> this is going to be a tough one for some listeners. Should you desire okay. to uh, skip ahead, feel free. However, this will also be extremely informative, and it's something we all need to hear. James Keegan may have lived longer if he paid attention to his wife. His wife had seen a hard lump the size of a pea in his chest. James said he didn't want to go to the doctor because he thought it was just an ingrown hair or a pimple. But he listened to her, went to the doctor, and found out, as a man, he actually had breast cancer. He's one of a growing number of men who've been told that they have it. The American Cancer Society said that in the past two years, a man's chance of getting breast cancer went from 1 in 1,000 to about 1 in 800. He had a mastectomy and a year of chemotherapy. It wasn't a joke. This really happened to me, he said. Tracy Jason from the Florida Breast Cancer Foundation said that men's initial hesitation and lack of information about treatments and rare visits to the doctor all play a role in the growing number of breast cancer diagnoses in men. She said that even though women are still more likely to be diagnosed, men are dying faster from the disease because they are diagnosed later. She said men die 19% faster than women in these situations. She also said that most doctors don't tell men to get mammograms unless they have a family history of breast cancer. There was no history of breast cancer in the Keegan family. However, if not for his wife, he may have missed the important chance to get help. Doctors tell men to look at and touch their chest, uh, both when lying down and standing up, from their collarbone down to their uh, nipples. On October 22nd, there's going to be a race to cure 5K and tribute walk that will be held in the Florida Breast Cancer Foundation. It starts at 7 a.m., at the Avito Mall. It was supposed to take place at Fort Mellon Park in Sanford, but because of the flooding, it's been moved. Ricky Baez, back to you. Did you see any apples? Is that what you said? Yes, I did. Just making sure I heard that properly. Nipples. Um, 
actually i found this out about 10 years ago that that men can get uh, uh breast cancer as well actually more, longer than that when i worked at the county and i used to help put the benefit screening i did see that they also provided mammogram services for men and i asked why and they told me that it's a small number of men have been found to have breast cancer as well it's not just women and i happen to know also that it's unfortunately well all around right but um more men more men die from it because it's not caught because most people think that men do not get it and they do so it's really important especially if you have a family history of it that men yes please do get checked as well both women and men please get checked because this, this is a very serious thing um and if it's caught early um it could definitely save your life With that being said final thoughts going around the room ricky Baez, over to you Final thoughts, um, man, we went all over today from termination strategies to horror stories. And look, it, it's uh, I'm going to focus on the on the termination strategy. It shouldn't be a fun thing to do, but you should have one in place. Definitely get an HR consultant and partner with your HR for the best way to do it in a way that's fair for everybody all around. Strong words from a guy. Ricky Bites. I also identify as one. Over on this side, uh, if you want to hear more from me during the week, uh, outside of this, stop by uh, jimconnors.net or find interesting things with JC in any podcast platform. This week, topics covered. And by the way, interesting things with JC is a short form podcast. Anywhere is from 30 seconds in duration up to eight minutes long. Ricky Bias, this week, you could uh, listen to the history of the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio. Oh, that's Sunday's nice. episode. Monday is the wireless telegraph service that was put together by Marconi and a anniversary associated with that. Jack Johnson is oh, going to wow. be the next story. Jack Johnson was a world heavyweight champion, black boxer in the early 1900s. And his sordid story, as well as very interesting details. The Jack Johnson piece is, is very strong. So that's going to be on Tuesday. On Wednesday uh, is hand talk. Native American plain hand talk. It's like sign language. It's kind of interesting. After that is Thursday. Countries with the in their name. Don't what? even. I see you thinking about it right now. But there are some I countries. I can't think of one. No, it's fine. Just wait till Thursday. Friday, we're going to cover tummy, tummy rumblies. Oh, tummy rumblies. Why is your tummy growling? Tummy rumblies. Oh, I know that. <laughs> and then next Saturday, we're going to take a look at uh, your astrological signs in the month of October, followed by bacon and a little bit of the history of bacon. So there's your week ahead on Interesting Things with JC. Feel free to stop by, follow the podcast, check those out. You're going to love every single one of them. Trust me. I'm trying to find a country with that in it. Don't ruin the surprise. No, now I'm going to Google it. Don't Google it yet. Oh, I, I will never tell you the lineup for the week then ever again. Watch my oh, numbers no, be it's like it's zero it's that day. Okay, so remember, uh, yeah, yeah. that's what makes it interesting. <laughs> there you go. Jeez. I'm JC on behalf of Ricky Bias. Goodbye. Later. The Columbia. No, that's not it. I'm thinking. I know the Bronx. That's not a country, though. That's a borough. The Dominican Republic. No, that doesn't sound right. You know what? I'll just listen to the show.